Very good morning to all. That's why I would say that this is a family where every time I come out, somebody will make a, a joke of my name. <laughs> I'm happy about it because uh, this is the way, uh, in fact, when I was younger, this is the way that I help people to understand or remember my name. Yeah, and, uh, but I give thanks to God for Ben for leading us in the time of worship and also praying for the CG and uh, leading this service. Thank you so much. Okay, how long, O oh Lord, is the title? Um, you know, in Singapore, at this point of time, the Advent seasons is a time of joyous and celebrative time. <clears throat> and we just need to look at the, this year's Christmas party at Orchard Road. Okay, with the um, effort to attract more tourists and uh, visitors, visitors, the Christmas Eve celebration at Orchard Road, we'll see the first Christmas Eve street party with three Christmas village at Orchard. Okay, I'm not trying to tell you, sell this, I ask you to go. <laughs> but I'm just trying to say that, right? Wow, this is exciting, man. Uh, a lot of celebration. And part of the Orchard Road will be closed for pedestrian walking from 8 to 12.30 on the days, on the eve itself. You know, the celebrative mood is already in the air. But the celebration is for another reason, and not because of the birth of Jesus the Messiah. For most people, Christmas is a festive season of giving, doing good works, bless the poor, enjoy the holidays. It's a good time for business or so to make more money as people buy gifts, feasts, and party. But what about us, for us as Christians? Are we caught up with the festive atmosphere too? Even for me, I was just starting to think about what gift to buy for my family, my extended family, and my friends. I've already fixed the you know, Christmas dinner with my extended family and look forward to the celebration. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that celebrating Christmas is wrong. In fact, we need to celebrate the right for the right reasons, to remember the grace of God for us by giving us Jesus 2,000 years ago. In the tradition of the church, Advent is a season of celebration and joy, for God's salvation is here. And at the same time, it is also a call to fast and do self-reflection, a time of repentance and renewal in anticipation of the second advent, the final coming of Christ. If we look even further back to the first century, to the time before Jesus' birth, there wasn't any celebration by the Jews when Jesus was coming. It was plagued with war, death, poverty, suffering, oppression, and injustice. Sounds like our time now. The Jews were not a nation, but under the tyrannical rule of the Roman Empire, to make things worse, the last prophetic word from God was from prophet Malachi. And since then, God has been silenced for 400 years. Nevertheless, they remember from Isaiah that God would, would deliver the Jews when he returned to Jerusalem and establish his kingdom forever. Many devout Jews at the time were expecting and waiting for the Messiah to come and deliver, from them, deliver them from their terrible situation. They, they waited and lamented. 
How long, O Lord, how long are you coming? This was probably the background of the first advent. Rather than celebrating, the Jewish people were lamenting and pleading to God for, to fulfill his promise of deliverance. And God, in his perfect time, sent Jesus to bring the salvation into this world. Likewise, for us today, in our waiting and preparing for the second coming of Christ, we are encouraged to take time to lament the brokenness, the pain, and sin in the world and in ourselves as we celebrate Christmas. But what do I mean by lament? I find the explanation of lament in one of the articles by Desiring God very helpful. The author says, Lament is the prayer language for God's people as they live in a world marked by sin. It is how we talk to God about our sorrows as we renew our hope in His sovereign care. I will send this article for us to take a look later in the chat group. I think it's very uh, encouraging for us, if, especially if you're taking time to uh, reflect and think about what's happening. With that, let us consider three areas of reflection on lament from Luke and our response to our current situation while we are waiting for Jesus' return. Let me read the passage. The passage is from Luke chapter 3, verse 1 to 17. <clears throat> and if you have a Bible, you can actually flip to Luke 3, 1 to 17. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Ituria and Traconitus, and Licinius Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching and baptized, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. It is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every, every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill make low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough, wave, the rough ways smooth. And all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowd coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can rise up, raise up children for Abraham. The ex is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce fruit, good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even the tax collector came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to. He told them. Then some soldier asked him, And what should we do? He replied, 
Don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His welling fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the weeds into the barn, but he will burn up the chaffs with unquenchable fire. Luke 3, 1-17 So, what are we to reflect and lament during our waiting? That was the first waiting for the first event. Ours is the second event. Lament the brokenness in our world. The world during John and Jesus' time was also broken and messy. You know, by listing Tiberius, Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, uh, Licinius, Annas, and Caiaphas, Luke informed us about the era of John and Jesus' ministry. It also gave us a glimpse of the historical situation and an understanding of that time's political and religious climate. The Jews were under the rule of the Roman Empire, and life was very tough. Historical records portray Pontius Pilate as having a cruel behavior, and he disregarded the Jewish custom, which led to many sufferings and death of Jews when he was in office. The Romans gave the three sons of Herod the Great, Herod Antipas, Philip, Licinius, authority to rule over the Palestines and Jordan. Most Jews despised them because they were not of Jewish origin. And on top of that, their relationship with one another was in a mess. In fact, John the Baptist later was jailed and eventually beheaded because he spoke out against Herod Antipas for divorcing his wife and marries Herodias, his half-brother's wife and also his niece. Philip married Antipas' daughter, Salome. Really very messy.
and they did not want to do, you know, I just look at him. I don't know whether to give him the tissue paper or, you know, continue to pray. Uh, but after the prayer, he told me that, you know, he was just overwhelmed by his sins when he cried at the point of time when he confessed his sin to God. And I remember asking myself and asking God in my heart, why am I not crying for my sins? I mean, I realized that later because I don't really easy, easily cry. But nevertheless, that was a question I asked myself. Why am I not crying for my sin? Is it because I, I did not see the seriousness of my sin and brokenness in my life? Malachi chapter 3, verse 7b says, God says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. God desired that his people return to him, and he promised to return to them. Today, God is calling all of us to repent and return to him. So let's take time to pause in December, any of the time that you, you can find, as we celebrate, to reflect at the same time where we, where we are with God at this point of time. Asking God to search our hearts and bring up any sinful and wicked ways in us. Take time to lament confess, repent from our evil ways and seek God's Holy Spirit for wisdom, for action of repentance. Let's return back to God. Point three. Lament with hope while we wait for the second event. You know, John's, John's hearers could lament with hope for the Messiah was coming at a point of time. As mentioned in the first point, the Jewish people are living in a period of injustice and oppression under the rule of foreign power. They lament at the plight they were in and wonder when God would fulfill his promise of delivering them and establish his rule according to his prophet of old. In verse 3 to 6, it gives us a glimpse of hope to the Jewish people. Or to the Jewish people, it's a glimpse of hope that the that the, the wait might be over. The entrance of John the Baptist, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, broke the silence of God for over 400 years. Luke quote Isaiah chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, in Luke chapter 3, verse 4 to 6, indicating that John was the one Isaiah prophesied who would prepare the way for the Lord's arrival. John the Baptist himself, in John chapter 1, verse 23 says, he recognized that right, his vocation uh, is that too when the religious authority questioned him. He makes it very clear that he is not the Messiah, in verse 15 to 17, for the Messiah will come and baptize with the promised Holy Spirit and bring God's justice into the world. John, since John, as the forerunner of God's salvation, had arrived, the promised Messiah should be expected next. That's what the Jewish people are thinking. The people who heeded John the Baptist preaching to return to God and, re and place their hope in the coming, God, coming of God's Messiah could lament about their broken world and self and look forward with hope for God's salvation to come. Theirs is a hopeful lament. We can lament with hope for King Jesus is returning soon. Point B, for those of us who place our hope in King Jesus, 
we should have even greater confidence in God's promise since we are the recipients of what John the Baptist was proclaiming in Luke 3. When we look at the brokenness and the sinfulness in our world and in our own lives, we should lament and cry out to the Lord. But our groaning is hopeful rather than hopeless. For Jesus had overcome evil, sin and death. When he died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day, and usher in the kingdom of God into this world. In his, previous, in, in his previous sermon, Pastor John reminded us that kingdom of God is already here, but not yet. It is already here, and that is why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But not yet in his full glory. Jesus Christ had promised that he would return once again, soon to fully establish the kingdom of God on earth, making all things right again, according to what God has initially intended. So Paul was looking also forward to that day, as he wrote in Romans chapter 8, that the suffering that he faced cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in him, the glory that will be revealed in him, the new body, when Jesus comes again. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 25 says, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruit of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is sin is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if hope for what we do not have, we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So let us reflect and lament, as I encourage us now, as we draw back the bro- on our brokenness in our world, in our own lives, because we know that it is not what God had meant it to be, the brokenness in the world and in our own life. It's not what God has meant it to be. But take heart, King Jesus is coming soon to restore all things. So during this time, as we wait patiently for the second coming of Christ, then what should we do? On top of reflecting. The new life has a signpost pointing to King Jesus. From what we learned from Luke chapter 3, I would like to point out two ways. First, live out our new create. I'm saying first, live out our new creation life. Those who are in Christ, they are new creation. Their old lives are gone and their new life have come. Do you believe that? And one of the characteristics of the new creation life is bearing fruits in keeping with repentance. The people, the person who bears those fruits shows themselves to be a new creation. Secondly, be like John the Baptist, pointing others to Jesus. As we live out our new creation life, people in our circles, 
of influence might see the change in our lives and start to ask questions about the change. Be like John the Baptist and point them to King Jesus so they can receive God's salvation too. So as we anticipate the second advent, we are called to live out the new creation life so that our genuine walk with Jesus Christ will be a signpost pointing others to him. So as I close, the three areas of reflections that I have today, lament the brokenness in the world, lament the brokenness in our lives, lament with hope while we wait for the second event. How long, O Lord, it is a cry and longing for God to come, to rescue, to make things right. From all the evils, sin, and brokenness in our world, and in our own lives. The first event came 2,000 years ago, and God's salvation for all is already in Jesus Christ. And now we patiently wait in hope for the second event of King Jesus. And in Revelation chapter 22, 20, Jesus said, Yes, I am coming soon. I end off by quoting what Bobby Gross says about event. The sweet taste of shalom during Advent is only that a taste. It is not the full feast yet to come. And the groan induced by our suffering and not, are not the final sounds. One day, they will be subsumed into a chorus of glory. So sing and let your song be joyful longing. Groan and let your cries be hopeful lament. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, during this time of festivity, help us, Lord, to take time to pull back, to reflect, to lament the sin and brokenness that is happening in our world and in our own life. Grant us a heart of repentance and a life that produces fruits of repentance. A new creation life that expresses that the kingdom of God is here already. Lord, May our lives be also a signpost pointing others to Jesus that they too will experience the love of God and come to saving faith. May your will be done in our life. In the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. The sweet taste of shalom during Advent is only that a taste. It is not the full feast yet to come. And the groan induced by our suffering and not are not the final sounds. One day, they will be subsumed into a chorus of glory. So sing and let your song be joyful longing. Groan and let your cries be hopeful lament. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, during this time of festivity, help us, Lord, to take time to pull back, to reflect, to lament, the sin and brokenness that is happening in our world and in our own life. Grant us a heart of repentance and a life that produces fruits of repentance. A new creation life that expresses that the kingdom of God is here already. Lord, may our lives be also a signpost pointing others to Jesus that they too will experience the love of God and come to saving faith. May your will be done in our life. In the name of our Lord 
and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.